You are an entrepreneur, a professional, a speaker, or a coach. And although you've come a long way, it's time for you to take it to the next level. We've got you. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. We'll help you use authority and influencer marketing to build your business stronger and faster by publishing a book. You'll hear from guests that are thought leaders in sales, marketing, networking, communication, social media, promotion, and business leadership. Let's do it. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. And now your host, the extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder. Welcome to the Author to Authority Podcast. And today I'm so excited to have a fellow publisher on the show. And if you have ever wondered about writing a book and how you can start it perfectly, then today's show is for you because we are going to be talking about the strategy that you need before you even put pen to paper. Now, joining me today is Richard Hagen, and he has quite the story that he's going to tell us today. So I I don't want to tell all of it, but let's just say that you are going to want to listen in when he talks about things like running away from elephants. So I am excited for those stories today. Welcome, Richard. Kim, thank you very much for this invitation to meet your audience and to share some hopefully powerful ideas as they think about their message and how to publish it brilliantly. I'm not sure we'll get to the elephants. I might have to tease that for the next time, but, you know, we'll (laughs) see. see where we go. Richard, I just want to start off with the fact that, you know, sometimes when people are thinking about writing a book, they just think, okay, I've got to put pen to paper. But how important is it to actually have a strategy, especially, you know, if you're a professional, a consultant, a speaker, coach, how important is it to have a strategy before you even think about putting pen to paper? It is the thing that makes the difference with the success or otherwise of your project. In any other area of, of your business as an expert, as a speaker, a coach, a trainer, a consultant, a therapist, whatever your zone of expertise is, you know that it's it's the background work, the prep work, the strategic thinking that makes everything else work reliably, not necessarily stress-free, but reduces stress and gets much better results. But when it comes to writing and publishing, loads of experts suddenly lose their strategic brain power and are just enchanted, totally bemused and bewildered by the romance of being a published author. And so who needs strategy? I'm going to write. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to publish. Everybody's going to flock and buy my book and I'll suddenly be the go-to expert. And I know I'm kind of taking the mickey of it, but that that is the fundamental approach that super smart people seem to take when it comes to writing and publishing the book. So, you know, yeah, strategy is the utter foundations of everything. And I think in my context, the thing that I've noticed over the years is that actually even when people sit down to plan, if you like, the content of their book, they miss 
the very foundation, the, the value that they yeah. offer to their current clients. They Because they might not have written, and I think this is where someone like, who comes to work with you, RTI, for you to work with them to ghostwrite or nurture them through that project, you can you can handhold through and, and kind of gently steer them away from the pitfalls. But when somebody's doing it on their own, they suddenly go, do you know what? I know lots of stuff and I need to tell people this stuff so that they get this stuff and then they buy me in to get more stuff from me. And the challenge is, that's not what your current clients do. <laughs> it's not what, when you're on stage, nobody cares about what you know. They care about that transformation that you yeah. can help them achieve. And yet I would say, Maybe one or two percent of all the nonfiction business books focus on the transformation, and that needs I still to be there agree. from the beginning. Is that is that just my fantasy, or is that what works for you, Ken, as well? You know, one of the hardest parts of doing the books with the clients is all the foundational pieces that we have to do before we actually get to writing the book. And, you know, I tell clients from the very beginning, this is the longest part of the process. This is, you're going to feel like we're going nowhere. But if we don't lay this foundation, right, if we don't get things right from the beginning, book is not going to be effective. You know, I talk a lot about writing a book that converts readers into clients. And, you know, you mentioned a really important word there. And that word is transformation, right? Because it's not about just getting your knowledge down. Because if that was all that it was about, every book would be a bestseller, every book would, you know, build your business, you know, you could just slap anything together, write down your thoughts, and boom, you know, you're this accredited expert that everybody wants. But that's not the truth. I mean, when you look at on Amazon, how many books never even sell one copy? Or how many authors, you know, have have written their own books? And I, I'm not saying you can't write your own book. That's not what I'm saying. But when you don't know what you're doing and you write your own book and you don't know how to market it afterwards, all you end up with is a box of books in your garage that maybe one day your kids will probably throw out. <laughs> yeah, except it can be worse than that. You might have given your book to 20 30, 50, 200 people and they read it and they go, I used to think they were really good at what they did. And <laughs> this, this is, this look, it, in the UK we talk about a dog's breakfast. That's like when somebody, it just is a mess. It looks like a dog's breakfast. And somebody who's super smart, but they just think I'm going to write and publish. And, and they might even go to like a, there's a kind of entire industry of book coaches who love to stroke the romantic model and the ego of a writer. And, oh, yeah, just take seven days, you know, brainstorm for 10 minutes. There's your top 10 ideas. Then break that down into your subsections for your chapters. And it's so seductive because it makes it feel so easy. But actually, the challenge is somebody reads that and you don't come across as an expert. You come If you're lucky, you come across as an amateur. So all of that power, all of that value, all of that expertise suddenly dissolves and they will never tell you. You yeah. will never know. Because who's going to be that rule 
<laughs> but they might tell other. I don't mean most people won't because they're genuinely nice, but they probably will say to somebody else, oh, I wouldn't go there yeah. if you know. So that thing that you magically hoped would solve your problem can actually damage your brand. Can do the opposite when you have somebody or a team or you do all of that deep thought work. So yeah, we like you, I mean, we have a an online program and and it's four months of yeah. what we call mining your value because most people have actually have forgotten what the value is because it's unconscious to them. And yes. it's not what they think it is. And that is is that something do you do you find yourself kind of doing a lot of uncovering yeah yeah, yeah. It's... like our our book process is a minimum of nine months but most of the books we do for our clients are a year to a year and a half to create these books because you know you can't you can't just slap something together and i actually will not take on clients that just want something slapped together you know we write high quality books that have a tremendous amount of value that are targeted, right? So you want to take all of these things into consideration. Now, Richard, I want to get into the topic of transformation, but we are going to take a quick ad break. Audience, if you've wondered about how to create a book that converts readers into clients, and then scale that book into accelerating your business. Listen to this ad and check out the free freebie I have for you today. One of the keys to becoming an author is hiring the right publisher. It's the difference between having a book that converts readers into clients and one that sits unused on a shelf. Check out seven questions to ask before hiring a publisher. Get it free at authortoauthority.com slash publisher. Welcome back. Richard, let's get into transformation because that's that's the heart of it. That's the heart of those books that you can't put down. So talk to me a bit about how how what does transformation look like to you? I think this is where, if you don't mind, I'll I'll give a little backstory to, sure. to give context for this. So you, audience members, you may have noticed that I am not from North America, either Canada, nor the States. <laughs> I am, and I I know half of you are thinking, which part of Ireland is he from? I'm from the part called Scotland, okay? <laughs> I live near Glasgow in the west of Scotland. And that's where I grew up in, in, in a kind of uh, normal west of Scotland town. At that stage, kind of religion was still quite an important, powerful mm-hmm. part of the local culture. And I grew up in a Catholic family in the Catholic parish was very involved and committed. But when I was a, was a bit of a messy family, I, I won't go into all the horror stories. A little bit, I was watching your video earlier, uh, Kim, on the website where you kind of, you didn't go into all the, the stuff, you got the learning and the message from it. And for me, the, the church was both a place of control and occasionally a place of liberation, but predominantly mm-hmm. control. Until an experience I had when I was about 14, when a community of preachers came in and ran special events in my parish and blew my mind and my heart open that this this experience of church could be could be grace-filled rather than miserable. And mm-hmm. I think at some in that in the middle of all that experience, something shifted in me that. I wanted to be part of mission that empowered people, allowed people to live gracefully. Now, 
And then after uni, Glasgow Uni, I decided that I had to give that community a chance. So I joined that religious order of preachers, teachers, storytellers, and they ran a publishing company. And that was my first experience with the publishing world. But now, obviously, I didn't stay there. I spent 20 years in that community and I loved my work. But I realised over time that, that the corruption, the scandals, all of that was very real, very immediate and very personally damaging and constricting. And I, I fought it. I tried to create change and move. And eventually the system, I could change the system. So I had to pull out. But now I run a publishing business and I have exactly the same mission as I've always done, which is to help people share and experience a message of of transformation of being empowered and that is that's almost as powerful for me business relationship skills human resources and building your team without the dogma and the control structures that's almost more magical to me than all of this religious or spiritual structures mm. which come with so much other baggage. Now, I have no fantasies also about the reality of corporate life. I know <laughs> that it has its own systems. But I think that's for me where this mission for transformation comes is that so many people are restricted. So many people are confined mm. and also they are trained to be docile. And I, and I mean this even in the big corporate scenario that we're, and now, culturally, we are being trained to like that means to get our dopamine hits from superficiality, which actually does nothing for us. It achieves nothing in the real world. And yet we're built for grace. We're built for potential. We're built for expansion. So those are, that's, that's kind of the reason behind why I'm obsessed with transformation is because the other options are just depressing. <laughs> and they are, they are, and but also, uh, it's just it's it's so unusual in the context today for people to fight for transformation rather yeah. than than be reduced to the accepted norm and or worse, magical solutions. Five yeah. five instant steps to social media stardom. Transformation is is a is a powerful, yeah. deep, lasting work means a change of everything not just a little thing so sorry yeah that was so a bit of story a bit of the mission of transformation <laughs> in there so you know the first thing i want to say is you know unfortunately there are religious groups that are like as you described but i don't want to give the audience impression that all religious groups are like that because you know i am i am a part of a religious group where we are free in christ where we are completely totally loved and and set free and you know so just wanted to mention that because not all religious groups but i have to admit there are some and unfortunately you had you know that experience but you know one of the things i think of in terms of transformation especially in books is you know creating that vision within the book itself of what life can be like you know, when that transformation has taken place. And then, you know, really diving deep into that problem 
that is keeping them from the transformation. And to me, those are some of the best books is when you do that deep dive into the problem, because most times, people think it's this superficial thing when actually, the transformation comes when you deal with this, this deep root issue. So I mean, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, Richard. It's, uh, there are two almost extremes ways of of creating change or learning something you have you have the the bit by bit incremental change which is you know habit so every day i'm going to spend 10 minutes writing and you build that habit and over time you get better as long as it's focused attentive writing you will get better so that's that's a kind of a technical mechanical habit based change but how do you change the the vision that you have of reality or or of mm. your own identity or your own value that is that is what we call paradigm shift which is that and that can change in a moment when the conditions are right yeah so i think in, and quite often people say well i've got nothing i've got nothing new to say and i kind of understand it but on the other hand, I'm saying, however, that 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 may be true because you've you've spoken this a thousand times. People may have heard similar things a thousand times, but when they hear it inside for the first time, when it lands for the first time in an instant, it can all change. It's like that 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 kind of parent, the, the first the dad who suddenly finds himself holding his daughter or son for the first time, and in that moment. Everything changes. changes, Every priority, every behavior, every value about money and corporate and all of this thing, everything then is reversed and focused on the well-being and flourishing of this tiny vulnerable human being. And that that's what we a paradigm does is that and that takes work and craft because that's as much about emotion. In fact, without emotional connection with your reader, you can never get them to have that experience of transformation. And yet most people ignore the emotional thing. I suppose as a preacher, that was the thing that I gradually learned over the years. There were some people who were brilliant technically. They knew all the stuff they could be. They had the clever words and they, they could quote you the Latin and the Greek and the Hebrew and they, they could tell all that. But it was dry and flat and unengaging. And actually... Mm-hmm. And let's go back to that thing of where do you start with your book? You don't start with what you know. You mine what is it that that is your deepest connection to your reader? Where is that powerful empathy? You're on their side for this. That's If you don't have that powerful empathy, don't waste your time or energy on the book. Absolutely. <laughs> Who do you feel for? the mess that they're in, the fake solutions they're sold, the the mistakes that they've made, the sabotage that they create, the desperation they have. Those are your people. That's your tribe. That's your audience. And start by getting them to to know that you get them. Yeah. That's the start of the transformation journey because we don't trust anybody else unless... (laughs) that we get that from them. You know, when you were, you know, you were talking about the fact that sometimes people don't want to write their books because it's already been said. And, you know, I think of here in North America, you know, uh, 
we've got so many different types of everything like ketchup and cola and stuff like that. But many people will prefer one brand over the other and there might be minute changes, but they will only buy that one brand. And it doesn't matter that every other brand is still ketchup and still tastes relatively the same to them. There is only one ketchup. Now in Canada, it tends to go between Heinz and French's. And and in, if you are a Canadian, I am going to put a plug in for French's ketchup because Heinz decided to pull their factory out of Ontario, Canada, and hundreds of people lost their jobs. French's came in, took it over, and gave them their jobs back. So I will buy French's not because it necessarily tastes better, but because they support Canada. So yay, Canada! Anyway, back. <laughs> but the thing wow. is, is that, um, you know, you you don't have the way you say it sometimes is just the way that's going to connect with that right person. Somebody else could hear the exact same message from somebody else. You come along five minutes later and you say it in such a unique, powerful way that it touches their heart. And like you said, that that transformation happens. So I, I tell my clients, it doesn't matter if this has been taught before because it hasn't been taught the way that you teach it. It hasn't been said the way that you say it. And I think that's something, you know, that's something that potential authors need to overcome is the fact that they feel it's already been said before. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing new under the sun, but how you describe the sun makes a difference. Absolutely. And this is the, if, if something's been said a thousand times so no one should say it again was true, then there would be a deafening silence all around. And if it was true that just information being there solved things, with the advent of Google or Encyclopedia Britannica or Google, let's say Google now, if information changed things, we wouldn't be in the polarized, yeah. challenging environments that we live in. Wherever you are on those spectrums, doesn't mm. really matter. Information does not change us. Yeah. It does yeah. as part of a journey, but it's not the beginning and it's certainly not the end of that journey. So when we, when we're, we, so my partner in my publishing business, Martin, he, he's a phenomenal storyteller and a, a systems thinker and a systems paradigm designer and and we've worked together for about 14 years and the last three or four years we sat down and we went what is it that we see in the great projects we work with the ones that work really well and the ones that really are hard work and then when we look at great books in the non-fiction space that that people love that 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 the when they talk about that book, their eyes light up, their physiology changes, mm. and you can almost see them kind of, in Scottish, we'd say currying and cuddling up with that book because <laughs> it means it means so much to them. And it might be Stephen Covey's Seven Habits or a Malcolm Gladwell title, whatever it is, doesn't really matter, but it has that deep, intimate connection and change job that it's done in them. And we've identified five fundamental elements and they are sequential in the journey of change and the first one is that empathy angle but yeah that, that that's uh, there is a structure for change and a structure for transformation and most people they do it 
as an expert instinctively because they've they've built that skill over time. Mm-hmm. How do you do that remotely in a book where you're not looking in somebody's eyes, you're not watching their body language, you can't see if half the audience are yawning, whatever it is. How do you anticipate all of that? Well, this structure kind of helps you navigate that. And it's that that makes the experience of new and revolutionary and disruptive and powerful. It's not the information. It's all of the stuff you do around that so that they integrate it and then apply it. Wow. We don't have time today to go into all five, but uh, you know, at the end, I would love for you to share a resource if we have videos on that. Because definitely, I think that's something that needs to be talked about. But, you know, when you were talking about, you know, holding that book, our family are Lord of the Rings, you know, big Lord of the Rings fans. So whenever, you know, something like that, we just kind of go, my precious, my can you precious. See, can you see Gollum over my shoulder? He's just there, <laughs> yeah. sitting watching me. Gollum is there. And the, and the two towers... <laughs> uh, not the two towers, the two, the two Emin Mool. Is it yep. Emin Mool? I can't remember. Yeah, they're there as well. So, yeah, wow. we, let, let's not nerd out, although that'll be us for the next hour. <laughs> so, Richard, I want to change streams here. Just, we've yeah. got a few minutes left. So, uh, now I didn't ask you this before we got on, but, um, you know, I'm assuming that you've written your own books. I have, predominantly in the church context. Mm-hmm. And then I wrote maybe about nine years ago um, a little book on how to use a book for marketing. Um, to be when I look back at it, I'm like mm, we've learned so much more since I did that <laughs> one. So, so I don't kind of don't push that away. I mean, my fundamental role at the moment is a mentor and a publisher. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am writing um, my next book, which is called Author the Future, and it is. Uh, it is a guide to a strategy and a skill set to, to actually grow your impact, your influence, your legacy through product. And that's books, online courses, because we publish, yeah. we work to essentially publish someone, publish their entire business and, and yeah. bring in a whole product model for them. So, yeah, so that's that's kind of where I'm going with that um, author of the future book. Uh, inspirational and practical as well, and absolutely not romantic in <laughs> any way, shape, or form. Okay. So, Richard, I'm going to ask you the question. I'm really going to be interested to hear your perspective as a publisher, but this is the question I ask every author that comes on the show. So you can either answer it for yourself or maybe you can answer it from your experience with your clients. What has been the good, the bad, and the ugly for you about publishing books? So the bad has been, we changed our model recently. Um, When our model was fundamentally as a traditional publisher, we still have a traditional publishing arm around gender, race, origin, racial justice. So all of those areas of inclusion, we still function as a traditional publisher where we invest in them. But when we were publishing business authors, where we were investing in their projects. We, the bad was we had a lot of very expensive learning experiences. <laughs> so some might say it's good, bad. I think we've, we've made a good out of it. But I think the, for us, the, the, the big learning is that um, everybody wants to have a bestseller of a book mm-hmm. because that 
that's a, a good measure that your message is out there, you might get more clients, you're having an impact, etc. But very, very few business people will commit to being the best seller of their book. Yeah. And that was nearly fatal to our business. Mm. So and it's uh, and it's something now we we work hugely with with um, partner authors with as we and we'll spend while we're editing and building their book that whole three or four month period we are creating at the start of their well we're creating their entire twelve month audience advocacy marketing plan in that period and but it's not about the book and that's the other thing you, for God's sake you know the biggest mistake is to think you're going to market your book because that's a side hustle. You have to be sharing your value with your audience. Yeah. And occasionally you reference the book, occasionally you reference you're doing talks, occasionally you reference your podcast, but nobody wants to hear another push of a book. They want the value that you exp you give them normally and then market. So that's one angle of it. Um, I, think, I think the other one is the people, the flip of that is, it is lovely working with people who have their intellectual property, their their mm -hmm. core of their ideas and their structure for us, a paradigm at the heart of their project, and that their book doesn't have a launch strategy. They might have a launch party or on, but they're more passionate about the lifetime strategy of the book. They yeah. don't do what so many people do. Which if, if NASA had a launch strategy, we'd all kind of watch from the coast of Cape Kennedy or Cape Canaveral, whatever it's called these days, and watch the amazing rockets fly into the, the sky, I would not want to be an astronaut on that if they only had a launch strategy. And that's what most people have for the books. Yeah. I want a lifetime strategy for five years, 10 years. I'm writing this book for somebody, unless it's a very immediate short-term focus, something that in 100 years' time, someone's still going to pick up and be transformed by. How do you build that lifetime strategy? So I think those are the fundamental, they're probably the two biggest chunks. Yeah. Author, the author isn't just a writer, they're the best seller because no publisher, and even the big ones, unless you're super famous, is doing your marketing for you. Yeah, you exactly. The best exactly. And the other one is lifetime strategy, not launch. Again, super seductive, throw a party, think that you're achieving something PR-wise. No, put your energy into the lifetime of it. I so agree. Well, we are we are out of time, Richard. So I would love for you to give a short, quick final thought. And then if people have heard this and they want to learn more about, you know, those those five steps that you talked about, how can they connect with you? So um, I finally put my own website live just last week. So I'm going to share that. So it's uh, hagendoes.com. So that's H A G E N does.com you might get a little bit of a pun in there um you'll find all kinds of sweet tasty information there get your spoon you'll see even the spoon on there and just have a good scoop around and taste the different things that are on that website and if you want to find out about the five elements you can visit a website called the alternate reality company.com and you can look at empathy authority ecosystem disruption and paradigm there Wow, I love it. You know, as soon as you said it, I, I thought through the name and I, oh, so I'm not going to give it away to the audience, but just think about this, okay? 
H-A-G-E-N-D-O-E-S. And then say it really quickly together and you will get the reference. It's not subtle when you get to the website, you'll see. (laughs) I don't really do subtle, as you might have guessed. (laughs) Richard, thank you so much for being on today. Audience, if you are listening and you want to find out a bit more about book publishing basics and where to start, if you are watching on YouTube, you will see the thumbnail somewhere here on the screen. If you are listening to your podcast app, then you are going to want to scan back quite a bit because we are well into the 400s. And this is episode 380, Book Publishing Basics, with myself and my previous co-host, Juanita Woodenrad audience thank you so much for listening and we will see you on the very next episode bye now thank you you've been listening to the author to authority podcast the extraordinary word ninja kim thompson pinder has helped over 200 entrepreneurs professionals speakers and coaches write and publish their books that have become incredible marketing tools for their business and many of those have gone on to become Amazon best-selling authors and have used their books to land high-level clients and get on big stages. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit the website at www.author2authoritypodcast.com. See you next time.